Evolutionary.org presents Evolutionary Hardcore Podcast with your co-hosts, Steve from the American Underground and Mobster from the UK Iron Den. Get ready for the most hardcore and underground info in the industry. And here we go. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. Evolutionary.org Hardcore Podcast coming your way. Steve Smee here in the Moabster joining me. What's up, man? What, 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 what? From the United Kingdom? How he's going, man? So we got today episode 121 of Hardcore with Ben Pakulski is going to be who we're going to talk about today. We had him on uh, my, my old podcast with um, the regular Evolutionary Radio podcast, episode 227. So you guys can Google that one. Evolutionary Radio, episode number 227. I interviewed him. Very, very mellow guy. Very down-to-earth guy. He's a Canadian. I don't think an American would would act like that. Americans were much more hot-headed and, and crazy. Very, very calm guy. It was an interesting podcast. Um, Mobster and I were talking about it on the pre-show. Because in the podcast, we kind of got into spirituality, meditation. He talks a lot about meditation. He's like, I meditate every morning. I meditate every night. And I believe that if you listen to his podcast, he's a very chill guy, very chill guy. Nothing seems to bother him. And that's a great tool to have in life. If you can go through life without getting upset or mad or triggered over things, you will actually boost your fitness potential because that's less stress on the body so how about you mom so what was your thoughts listening to him on the podcast one of the one of the things you guys got into and he it's quite correct is he, he said think of the things that you got every single day that most people don't have and i think this quite bizarre example was have you got a wardrobe with clothes in and he said do you realize that 70 or 80 percent of the people on this planet do not have a wardrobe with spare outfits in he says so he wakes up in the morning if he's having a kind of crap vibe he will literally list those things that he's got that no one else has got or 80% of the planet hasn't got. And straight away, you start to say, then you've got no reason to bitch. You've got no reason to moan. You have these things and the stuff that stresses you is nothing. And once you do that, then you just relax. You go, listen, my life's good. Let's go out and kick ass. So yeah, I said that's very much that sort of vibe, Steve, whether it was meditative, whether it was religious, or whether it was just, you know what, Anthony Robbins style. I'm really well, I'm a massive muscular fella. I've got I own a gym, I've got this going on, I've got that going on, I make thousands of dollars. What the fuck have I got to moan about? So yeah, it came across really well that way. Yeah, so his nickname in the industry is the Pac-Man, and that comes his unique uh, last name. And he said in the podcast he was half Polish. That's where he gets his last name from. Of course, you know, Pakulski is a Polish name. Um, his stats at his peak, 5'10", 300 pounds. And he was born in March of 1981. So he's still a, a young man. He's, um, as of this podcast, he's not even 40 yet. So he will be turning 40 next year. He was born in Ontario, Canada, as I mentioned. He's a Canadian. Very big into sports, very big into nutrition. He makes quite a bit of money um, teaching nutrition, doing speeches, stuff like that. He's also big time into training. Mobster and I were talking about on pre-show. He charges quite a lot for his training programs. 
He's experimented with all kinds of things, ketogenic diets, vegetarian diets. Oh, and he's he's done a lot. <coughs> Excuse me. So his story was when he was a teenager, he started lifting weights. He was a skinny kid, one of those skinny kids. And he copied the bigger guys in the gym to keep an eye on and he watched them. That's something that I did as well when I was a teenager. I'd watch, I'd watch other people, I'd watch what they do. How else are you gonna learn? So he improved very quickly. Um, his father saw a gift in his son. He hired a trainer, Tom Hall, who was at the time an IFBB pro. So his dad really supported his, his bodybuilding. He got corporate sponsorships at 18 years old. He's blessed genetically. And he's not only blessed genetically, but he's also a very, very wise and, and, and smart guy. So he's been able to, he's got both ends. He's got the genetics, the physical genetics, but he's also has that great ability to teach people and a great ability to be a coach to people. He uses knowledge that he, he gained when he studied kinesiology to help him excel at bodybuilding throughout his life and help others excel as well. So he's a very interesting guy. And um, he, his father really got him into bodybuilding because he would take him to watch Jay Cutler, Ronnie Coleman compete in person. So Ben was able to like really, really get into it more than most other people. And he was strong. He was squatting 400 for reps. And his father got him another trainer named Scott Abel, who was also, we actually had him on the Evolutionary Podcast as well. Big guy. Yeah, that, that episode, if you guys want to look that one up, is episode 112 with Scott Abel, another, another really down-to-earth guy. So <clears throat> Pokolsky started getting popular, 2008 Canadian Championships. He won the show. He surprised everybody. And he proved himself, uh, proved himself one of the top Canadian superweight heavy bodybuilders for his age he got a pro card and then he went to california where he wanted to take things to another le level and then the next year he qualified for the 2009 mr olympia but he decided hey i'm gonna wait i'm not ready yet over the next decade you know he would basically finish in 11th place in the 2012 mr olympia he finished second in the 2013 arnold classic and he was put on the front page of Muscle Insider as Canada's number one bodybuilder. So, you know, uh, listen, anytime you get in the top 20 at Mr. Olympia, you are amazing. So, you know, he basically proved himself um, to be an amazing athlete and for Canada standards uh, to be able to compete against the Americans, you know, that, that should get everyone a lot of respect. So, yeah, Mobster, what do you got on this? What do you think? Uh, in terms of his education, it's right up there, as you say, going, going to a college and university to study exercise science and kinesiology. And uh, if anybody, and I, I said this in a pre-show to Steve, to me, he's, one of, he's like an old school bodybuilder in that he, he literally will break down an exercise and see how that works. Very much if one of the tricks the old guys used to do, if you didn't know what an exercise did, you, you would take a lightweight and you go off and do 100 reps. And in fact, in one of his videos he talks about, he says, sometimes we, we, we kind of get away from that kind of stuff. And in terms of his, it's uh, uh, very, very good with the courses, Steve. So old school bodybuilders again, and I'm old enough to remember this, plus I've got magazines that go back that far. 
you know, with the, you know, buy my chess booklet, buy my leg booklet. So this is probably one of the few bodybuilders who's really maxed out the uh, online courses and training program aspect. This is not literally a, a, a cookie cutter type stuff where, you know, everybody gets the same program, everybody gets the same diet. It starts out that way, but very, very quickly ramps up. And, and one of the things that Steve mentioned, uh, again, off air was, in, in fact, in the article, which we're going to link you to as well, one of his courses is $800. I think the cheapest course he does is, is about $150. And I think there's an advanced version, which is $1,400. So he's making some proper money that way. I think if he does uh, groups, and as Steve said, if he lived in America, he'd probably be a millionaire. But in Canada, he does groups of about 30 people at $150 a time. So that's $4,500 right there. So this isn't just a straight-up seminar. This is everybody's on the floor, everybody's doing the exercises. So he's kind of maxed out on the training for pupils, for, for, for online stuff, and even with the hands-on. And in fact, there's a couple of videos on YouTube you guys can search for where he's taken other Canadian bodybuilders and American bodybuilders through training. And it is a little bit like I said about Victor Martin in the podcast that we're going to have going live soon, in that he's, uh, Victor surprised me with his knowledge. Ben, not so much. Ben's gone all the way with his knowledge. He's absolutely maxed out. He's, he's a bodybuilder's bodybuilder uh, and a pro's pro. So his knowledge is right, right up there. And although he might perhaps not have had the genetics to, to be Mr. Olympia, as Steve said, he's still going to be in the top 20 in the world, top, top 100 ever pros. Uh, and his approach to training, his approach to training knowledge, and his ability to communicate that is right at the very, very top. Probably more so, I mean, I know pros, we were both online, one or two in person, etc., where they'll make money from prep or uh, from uh, cycle advice or from one-to-one -one training. Not unusual, $700 for a prep or whatever else. Ben's right at the tip top of this stuff. It is... Uh, if, if probably the one thing that's holding it back, which we've already covered, is the fact that he's in Canada. If he was in the States, if he was traveling, uh, we've talked about um, a couple of the guys, uh, Milos and uh, James, going off to China and getting paid serious money. Ben is right up there with the knowledge and that kind of stuff. And actually should be probably mentioned with Dennis James and Milos Sarsic in the same breath in terms of his knowledge, uh, except for the fact that he's probably just holding, hold, holding himself back by being based in Canada and probably not traveling perhaps as much as you should. So yeah, right up there, Steve. Um, said certainly made plenty of magazine covers. And what was the one thing that I said as a pros pro earlier on? His calves, never mind the retrovigenetics, his calves are monstrous. There's uh, You've got uh, a couple of the bodybuilders now and saying, shouting across for one of the YouTube videos, how big are your calves, how big are your calves? And, and such and such is saying 20 inches or whatever else, and 20 inches is right up there. And then, then you know, Ben, Ben's got 22 inch calves. I believe they might have actually been bigger. If he was up the 300 front, they probably would be around 23 inches, which is just crazy. If you've ever seen a calf like that in person, you could just, it, it's hard to explain how monstrous of a leg, a lower leg, as we, 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 we say in bodybuilding, that's not a calf, that's a cow, Steve. That's 22, 23 inches is right up there with the best genetics in the world as far as calves are concerned. Training-wise, and I did some research again to get into that a little bit, 
uh, and on the podcast they address it really well it's only a small part of the podcast but it's actually probably the, the meat of the podcast the thing that you should pay the most attention to so he says quite properly and this is from obviously the studies that he's done anything involving strength which is very very hard to define in terms of how much you think you're exerting how hard you're training etc that's very much a personal thing you know someone else could be to be crude shit in their brains out and someone else not and it's exactly the same amount of weight etc etc it says it's all about in, in efficiency. The body wants to do the least amount of work possible to make the most amount of weight shift. But in terms of actual training to develop muscle, you kind of want to go in the other direction. And it's a very simple explanation, but it's exactly right. It's, it, for him, he, he will get you into the right groove and the right position. And it's all to put the most strain on the muscle that you want worked in order to create the uh, factors for, for growth to get that muscle to be as big and as muscular as possible and the way that he describes it you go oh, that's, that's, it's literally got two sentences uh, and straight away you get exactly what he means of course then his trick as a coach would then be to get you to stay in that position to get this the tension on the muscle the whole time and that kind of training steve is very very difficult it's i, I can demonstrate it i can get people to do it but for even for me or, or yourself or even for the pupil to stay in that place, to keep the tension on, to be constantly under that kind of pain and discomfort is very, very difficult to do. But Ben does a pretty good job with the pupils, with pros, with, with, with the seminars of getting that point across, getting the information out there, et cetera, et cetera. So in a way, perhaps he's worth the money. Although, you know, I'd, I'd struggle to, to want to be able to pay $800 or thousand and a half dollars or whatever else myself but I, I, I probably think he'd probably just about be worth the money okay so yeah um you know one of the things i like about his training style that he talks about mobster is he discusses that he doesn't like lifting as heavy a weight as some of these other guys i have a lot of respect for this because it's a great way to stay healthy it's a great hmm. way to avoid um getting injured you know yeah so i think it's great i think it's a great thing to it's got it's moderate weight moderate reps he actually says i think it's somewhere between uh, uh eight to twenty reps he doesn't like going lower than eight reps 15 20 reps on certain exercises and moderate weight you're right it's probably 60 percent of a one rep max uh, uh, and 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 enough to make growth happen and, and in fact the the the, the moderate weight you don't want to cheat it. You don't want to throw it up because you're using that. You're literally, I mean, I've described this for, we all have the same tools available to us. Whether you're a powerlifter, strongman, bodybuilder, crossfit, or whatever else, we're all using barbells, we're all using dumbbells. Ben is an artist in terms of using that tool, to, the dumbbell, the barbell, the, the machine, the cable, whatever, to, to get exactly what you want out of the exercise. And he's not doing it with a thousand pounds. He's not doing it with 500. If it was a bench press, he's doing it with 200, 300 pounds. If, if it's the dumbbell bench press, it doesn't have to be 200 pound dumbbells, it could be 120 pound dumbbells. And indeed, I think, again, the, uh, part of the research for, for, for what we're doing right now, you're, talk, you're showing pro bodybuilders with 40, 50, 60 pound dumbbells doing certain exercises. And he's literally just moving around. I think one of them was the pec fly, dumbbell, dumbbell flies. And he moves the guy into position. And this is another professional bodybuilder. And it's literally says, just bend your arm a little bit more there. Right, he says, don't complete the movement at the top. It doesn't, all of those kind of things, if you do that perfectly, and this is what I was saying just now, it doesn't mean 
200 pound dumbbells. It's literally 40, 50, 60, 80 pound dumbbells, but perfect form, perfect tension. And as Steve says, with moderate weight and, and, and kind of not, not really crazy rep systems, nothing stupid, just enough to create the right. <laughs> Steve. Yeah. Um, sorry about that, guys. I had to sneeze. I think nutrition is interesting as well. I have a lot of respect for his nutrition. He talks about his nutrition a lot on his Instagram page, which has a quarter million followers, which is quite a lot for uh, someone from Canada. Um, so if you look on his, um, I like what he says on his Instagram, some of the things he writes about, he eats a lot of natural foods. He eats a lot of organic foods. He gets a lot of, um, he has access to fresh local food. Like he talks about his venison that he gets. He talks nice. about, um, he talks about. The lack of chemicals. Yeah, he talks about all that stuff. And one of the things that he talks about in his Instagram is it's not about macros. You know, he's like, it's all about, this is what he says. He's like, do macros matter? Sure they do, but nothing will help you if you're inflamed and insulin resistant from eating low quality foods. The food you eat become your cells. Care about what goes in your body. And he, he posts a meal, his meal, grass-fed ground beef. He gets it from a local farm, not corporate farm. He uses fresh pressed olive oil. He uses organic avocado and fermented cabbage. Now, those four things that he uses in this meal, these are all natural. These are all healthy. They go in your body to provide your, they feed your cells. They give your body energy. They don't destroy yourself. So it's very important. He talks about the fueling your body. It's like having a Lamborghini. I talk about this all the time on the forums. You have a Lamborghini. Yeah. You don't put crap in the Lamborghini. You put crap in a Lamborghini. It's not going to perform well. So your body is the same way. So people need to stop paying attention to calories and even macros. They need to start paying attention to the actual types of calories and types of macros they're putting in your body. And he talks about this a lot. It's really an amazing um, concept, but if you think about it, it's logical. One, one of Steve says quite correctly that they mentioned it mentioned it many times on the forums. And what I even made a comment similar to this the other day. I said, look, in fact, I think it was yesterday on on Facebook on, on my personal Facebook thing. And I said, look, guys, focus unbelievably on steroid cycles and this milligram of this, and shall I use the rest of the and all of that kind of stuff. And it gets and you go, okay. And I think what the, the one that come up yesterday was to do with GW and does it cause cancer? And of course, as per usual, we put that stupid room into bed and said, oh, bullshit, it was, and the reasons why it was bullshit, et cetera. They go, hang on, guys. This is what sometimes happens when it comes to uh, steroids and, and psalms and whatever else. And we obsess over the tiniest little thing. And then we'll go out and have a drink or smoke or use recreational drugs. And when it comes to nutrition, we know we've seen a million bodybuilders on YouTube with their little plastic tub, Tupperware tubs, eating this bit of rice and this bit of steak and whatever else. But how many of you are doing that properly? Ben is quite correct. If you do this stuff 100%, truly 100%, I live up in the hills of Wales. There's nothing to stop me. In fact, I know two places local to me where I can go and buy lamb that I've probably seen eating grass on the mountain. And I know that there's no chemicals because I never clean chemicals sprayed. So I can go to these people and buy whole lamb and fill up my freezer. And that's not probably enough for three months. There are places that make the local cakes. There are places that make the local bread. So if you do this properly, as Ben suggests, that's probably as anabolic as anything you can do. And how it's, it's taking all the crap and the chemicals and the glucose syrup and all that kind of shit 
out of the food. On the podcast, they talked about, and it was a little bit over long, I have to say, but they talked about filtering all the crap out of your water. So you start in the day with fresh, wholesome food, clean water, even if you're having it with coffee, it's clean, it's got no crap in there. All the chemicals have been reduced, the crap you don't want, all the cancerous stuff, things taken out. And then you go to the gym as per bed and hit your per training perfectly. And then you introduce anabolics and then you introduce PEDs and Psalms and, and the like. And then we get into that stuff. What, what, what Ben's talking about here is getting the fundamentals. I mean, the fun, how more fundamental is food in terms of being anabolic? And then perfect training and then Psalms or PEDs or steroids or whatever else. Start with the basics and get the training on point, get the nutrition on point. And that's what you're talking about. Not, not having crap in your diet, not lowering your estrogen, you know, lowering your testosterone and up in your estrogen from all the chemicals you're taking. Not saying, oh, this cycle is more important than that cycle. And then going out and get high every weekend or drunk every weekend or going out and having fast food constantly because you're too damn lazy to learn how to cook food. Or sourcing this kind of, like I said, I can think of a, a, a lamb, half a lamb for me, I think it's like about a hundred pounds, so about 120, $130. That's enough for three months worth of food, man. So, uh, you know, I, mean, I want, wouldn't want just lamb, I'd want other meat as well, but it, it's, I know where it's been, I know where it's been produced, I know what chemicals gone in, I know what it's eaten. I've probably seen the fucker when I've been out walking and said hello. So I, mean, I can't get more nutritious than that. And that's exactly what Ben's talking about. It's a perfect approach. And, and we talk about these things on the forums, but we don't talk about them enough. Get the fundamentals of nutrition on point. If you're having fresh, I mean, Steve's talked about this before, milk practically from the cow. If, the, if your water is coming off the mountain and it's gone through, even then it's gone through a chemical filter and taken all that crap out. So you're having fresh spring water that you sourced. If you're having this kind of food, you're putting yourself ahead of everybody else in the pack in terms of your nutritional advantages. And we know that the top professional bodybuilders don't eat super clean, super tidy all year round. But when it comes to competition, the ones that do the best with all the rest of the genetic advantages to sway things out are the ones that are on point with the nutrition, whether that's using weighing scales, whether that's sauce. This is what you'll see, that the top, top guys go to butchers and make these arrangements and find out where the food's coming from and they'll pay a few extra bucks for it. I think even this, the, the, the Russian guy, the golem on his Instagram, uh, one of his Instagram videos has found a place on one of his videos just a few weeks ago, Steve, where he found some place that was doing dry aged beef. And he said the difference between that and the stuff that he'd been getting from Costco was on another level. And that attention to detail is what gets you the best out of what you're doing, guys. Fatty, you, Steve. Yeah, the taste of these foods. Oh, are not even close to what you're going to buy from a corporate owned Walmart or supermarket, which is, you know, they, you know, they add to their meats in these places, they add gases to their yeah. meats. They want the meat to look good. They want it to look good. So people buy it. But when things look too good to be true, they are, you know, that's not how, how it's supposed to look. This is another post that he made um, a few months ago that I wanted to read to you. He mentions another meal that he makes, wild and sustainably farmed meats, organ meats and bone broth, mm. wild fish, oysters and mussels, a variety of vegetables, fermented vegetables, olive oil, make sure it's, re it's real olive oil, avocado oil, coconut oil, make sure all these oils are cold pressed, organic, 
white rice or white rice, sweet potatoes, berries. And he says, these meals all take under 10 minutes to prepare. No excuses for eating nonsense. So what's to prevent you from eating that type of diet? If you ate that diet that I just read to you guys, if you ate that as your foods tomorrow versus eating McDonald's or KFC or Chick-fil-A or this crap food that you eat and you yeah. feel like shit afterwards, imagine how much better your performance will be in the gym. Imagine how much your body will become more insulin sensitive instead of insulin resistant. Your body's going to want to lose fat and gain muscle instead of wanting to lose muscle and gain fat. So what you put in your body, guys, what you're putting, type of calories, not number of calories, type of calories, that's what matters. And this is the, the, the information he pushes and puts out there. And you don't have to go and spend $600 for his diet program. I'm telling you this. It's very, it's right there in black and white for you guys. You don't have to spend hundreds of dollars for this information. We're telling you this stuff. It makes a big difference. It's free. Take the information and use it. I, I, I like organ meats. That's great stuff. Livers and kidneys. And it's quite correct. Take it out. Even if it comes in a damn pack, it takes about 10 minutes to cook. 10. There's a lot of guys out there. And Steve and I see this stuff on the forums all the time, right? Quite properly, go and take outs all the time. The American way of working sometimes prohibits what I could do here in the United Kingdom. So if you're out doing 60-hour weeks, it's difficult to go out shopping and come home. And if you're doing a 60-hour week, you're not going to want to come home and sit down and prep for it. But you can do this at the weekend. We've talked about this a million times. So find yourself a butcher. Find yourself a good place to sell fresh vegetables. Find... Go, go to maybe the Chinese wholesaler. Don't go to the regular wholesaler. Get yourself some rice and whatever else. And you can wash these things. You can clean these things up, etc. You can prep these food ahead of time. That's easy. And even the website with the organism is a 10-minute meal. Literally from, from frozen, let it defrost. Uh, go out and do what the hell you've got to do. Come back and you can knock that, cook that stuff up the way that you want to in 10, 15 minutes. No problems whatsoever. And you're doing, and if you want to meal prep, even it's even easier. Go out and find a, a chicken place. And, and chicken breasts, chicken legs, etc. Make your own sauces. It sounds like a right pain in the ass if you're doing 50, 60 a week. But if you've got a weekend, you've two hours, you can knock out enough, to, you can make 12 meals. You can make enough meals for the whole damn week in two hours. And that's 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 including the washing and tidying up afterwards. It's no exaggeration. And getting this kind of stuff right gives you the control. You don't know have to worry about the sugar in the sauces or the seasonings or the preservatives or any of those things. There's got guys that we see on the forums all the time. Oh, I go to this deli. Delis are okay, but they shouldn't be your main place for food. You shouldn't be going to one of these all-you-can-eat type places. That's okay as a treat. It's not something you should do all the time. You shouldn't be having takeouts nine times a week. You should be having takeouts one day, one evening, one meal a week. And you should be, if you're serious, if you're going to spend $1,000 on the course of Kia, and if you're going to go to the gym and smash the weights and put all of that time and effort in, and then if you're going to be cheap when it comes to your nutrition, you're kind of shortcutting yourself, guys. This, this, this is a thing. Uh, but Ben's approach to this stuff is on point and probably better than, than, than 90% of the uh, athletes and bodybuilders out there. And in fact, something we've addressed in previous podcasts was this whole thing with the guys going to oxygen gym in Kuwait and say, what's so special out there? Well, there's always some suggestion for a while that it was access to pharmaceutical uh, steroids and uh, leading edge peptides. And that might be true. 
But one of the things that they've been doing out there, in fact, I'll use one very special example. So one pro bodybuilder is talking to the camera. He says, what was your time like in oxygen, Jim? He said that they, one of the trainers went with him to his little apartment, which is just around the corner from the gym or even upstairs. I can't remember. And there's some food there. And the guy says to him, what was, is this, this your meal now? He says, oh, no, that was the meal I should have had earlier. I'm going to have it now. Says, how old is, how many hours has this been there? He says, four hours. And he took it off him and threw it in the bin. He says, no, fresh. And went and got him a fresh meal. So that was their approach. That was the stuff that was right up there. Sounds, as we would use the phrase, sounds a bit anal. But if you're cooking this food yourself, if you're prepping this food yourself, if you know where it's come from, the, 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 the saying goes, how can you foul? You're doing everything perfect. And it's not as difficult as it might seem. One thing I would advise the younger guys to do is to learn to fucking cook. It really is not, it's not complicated. There's TV chefs might do the zhuzhing up and, 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 you know, and reductions and all that kind of stuff. But basic nutrition, basic solid bodybuilding food is very, very simple, Steve. You, chicken breasts, 10 chicken breasts on a, on a foil tray with three different seasonings that you can even, some guys go out to make their own seasons or to get the, you know, the, the one sauce that they use all the time. This stuff is very, Steve will tell you, I'm telling you, it's very, very simple, very, very easy to do. And the only reason we don't do it is because we're fucking lazy. So I'm telling you, if you want this stuff on point, if you're, if you're going to spend a thousand dollars, as I said already, on a course, and if you're going to pay 40, 50, $80 a month to go to the gym, and if you're going to buy the $100, $200 sneakers to go to the gym, then do the same kind of approach to your food. Get, don't, don't spend $200 on a pair of sneakers to go to the gym so that everybody sees you've got nice sneakers on and then cheap on the food. Do it properly. If Ben says quite properly, not just for, for being a champion Canadian bodybuilder, but for health, for yourself, to feel good, drinking proper fresh filtered water, eating clean vegetables that you practically, if, if you can grow them yourself, even better, but if you can get them grown locally. Go. And again, as another thing as well, Steve, of course, is you are helping local businesses. You are, you're helping guys, farmers that you know, growers of plants that you know, suppliers of fresh milk that you know. This is all local stuff. It's not international. It's not been shipped over. It's not come from halfway across the country. You, you can drive to the guy's farm. It's just up the road. And those, those kind of relationships have been surprisingly They'll give you the best cuts. They'll, they'll put stuff to one side because you become a regular, proper customer. And that's actually really, really good as well, guys. And that's just advice for life. That's not just for bodybuilding, but really good. Your family will appreciate it, that you're going out of your way to do these kind of things. And the farmer, the suppliers will appreciate it. One of the things we've had during lockdown is I get my meat delivered now. I can go and visit the fellas' union and see where it's, how it's cut up. I know two butchers, one for the delivery, and I actually know another fellow who goes to farms and help store and cut up the meat and he's puts pictures up of the stuff that he's done so that's another filler i could get my meat from and i could ask him what farm has come from that's that's the sort of stuff that we need to do steve when it comes to meat fresh 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 and how the animal was treated and how the animal what the animal ate and how the animal lived very very important if an animal is stuck in a barn with no sun miserable depressed guess what that meat's not gonna be good. It's not going to be healthy. It's not going to taste good. The meat, if the, if the animal's outside enjoying nature, enjoying breathing in the fresh air, eating fresh grass, eating insects, and you know, enjoying things, that meat's going to taste better and be much healthier for nutrition. The sun has a lot of nutrition. Same thing with your fruits and vegetables. You ship in, like Mobster said, you ship in fruits and vegetables from far away. The nutrition along the way gets degraded. That's how it goes. Just like yeah. steroids. 
out in the, in the heat or outside in the sun. It's going to degrade your steroids the same way. So you want to make sure you get it local as possible. Um, and that's going to be your best option if you want the nutrition. Another thing too, when they ship fruits and vegetables from far away, they pick them when they're very, very unripe. So it hasn't had a chance to really give, you know, the antiacids and stuff haven't had a chance to come out yet. So by the time it gets to you, it's starting to ripe. Well, you know, you really want to pick your fruits and vegetables when they're actually ripe and ready to eat as close as possible. You should not be eating unripe fruits and vegetables um, that way because they're just not going to be full of water and full of nutrition. So, so all this stuff is what you got to dial in first, guys, before the steroids. And this is what Ben did. This is why I have a lot of respect for Ben. Ben dialed in his nutrition and dialed in his training before he started using steroids. And look how much success he has. Just to make it to top 20 in Mr. Olympia is a hell of an accomplishment for a guy like this coming from Canada. He's already at a huge disadvantage being from Canada. So let's get into, <laughs> let's get into a steroid cycle. Last 20 minutes of the podcast, last 25 minutes. So what is... He doesn't deny using steroids, mobster. Uh, he even admits it on his website. So, you know, he's upfront and honest about it. Um, he, he, was, he peaked in the early 2010s. That was when he finished yeah. in the top 15, Mr. Olympia, top 12. So, you know, what did he run when he was, at, in, in, he was sniffing the top 10 at the Mr. Olympia, going against guys with, with even better genetics than him? Um, guys, it's chemical warfare. In the early 2010s, one of the big steroids they use obviously is Trembolone. They still use it to this day at that level. So no doubt he was using Trembolone. You just can't get away from it. There's no way that you can get to that level without using Trembolone. I would guarantee the top point mm -hmm. Olympia guys back then in the early 2010s at Mr. Olympia, every single one, 20 out of 20, were using Trembolone. The question is how much did he use? Now we speculate in the article about 800 milligrams a week. Could be a little more, could be a little less. I would say at least five, 600, 800 is probably a, a good, good estimate. Why, why is Trembolone so necessary? Trembolone is so damn androgenic, so damn anabolic, five times as much on paper than straight testosterone. And it's true. It really is way more androgenic and way more anabolic. So you take the Trembolone, it turns your muscles into sponges. So your muscles are going to be able to absorb everything that's you know, all the nutrition you're getting, he's eating so much quality foods that makes it even more potent, makes that trembling more potent. So if I'm in his situation, I'm eating probably four or five meals a day. I'm on this trembolone. It's feeding my body. It's feeding my muscles all day and all night. So trembolone is a must. This is why these guys use trembolone. So damn androgenic. The other one, testosterone. They're not afraid to use testosterone nowadays, especially in North America. They don't use it as much in Asia. You don't see too many bodybuilders from Asia using it, but in North America, they love testosterone, the long ester testosterones. I would say three weeks before competition, he stopped it, and I would say he's using over a gram. Now, you can get away with running testosterone today compared to the 70s or 80s because now guys have access to AI. So Obviously, he was running an aromatized inhibitor, likely Letro, Aromacin, or Adix. But these guys like to use Letro. Letro is the strongest AI. So they'd rather suffer and use something like Letro over Aromacin, which is less strong, just so they can make sure they really knock out any aromatization. The next one we think he used Primobolin. 
Primo Bolin, probably 1,400 milligrams a week. Now, why would you use Primo Bolin? Primo Bolin is one that you can throw in there at a high dosage, and it's not going to add too many side effects to your, to your cycle. So he can get away with high doses of trend, high doses of test, and then throwing in a high dose of Primo Bolin, and it won't screw his body up very much. Orals, these guys need to run the orals. Orals are fast-acting. They're, they're in the body, in and out, in and out, in and out. So you take it daily, take it twice a day. Anovar, you know, we think 80, 100, maybe even 120 milligrams a day, especially as he got closer to competition. And then cartering. Cartering is great for fat loss and endurance. So some of the other things he could have used, Mobster, um, that we think he used, especially when he was at his peak size, which was, you know, 300-some pounds at 510. We think he probably used HGH, although it's not listed in the article. No doubt these guys are going to mess with HGH, 10, 15 IUs a day in total. Insulin before meals. You know, he talks a lot about insulin resistance and insulin sensitivity in his nutrition uh, advice. So he knew how to manipulate that. He knew how to mess around with those types of things. So he was probably using the insulin, especially before his larger meals, to kind of act like a sponge and get it in. But I don't think he had messed with insulin as much as some of these other guys. I don't think, I don't think he was willing to do that because of his knowledge of, of insulin resistance. He didn't mm. want to become insulin resistance by using too much insulin. He didn't want to use too much HGH and become ins- insulin resistant. So I would say he probably did not abuse them as much as some of these other guys, but he still probably messed around with them and then you know i think i think masteron and winstrel also play a factor especially closer to competition i would say dropping the test and dropping the trend closer to competition to get that inflammation down in the body get that water down and then swapping over to something like masteron 500,000, even 1250 a week using a short-acting masteron propionate would have been something that he probably did. And then Winstrol, if he was, if he felt like he needed to dry out a little more and he was willing to sacrifice the, he is bald by the way. So if he was willing to sacrifice his head hair, obviously he's probably using something like Winstrol, which is going to shed the crap out of your head hair. So I would say he probably messed around with Winstrol, um, you know, 50 milligrams. I don't think he went too high with the Winstrol. He was strike me as a guy who would want to run too much of it, but he would run enough to do the job. So Mastron and Winstrol are definitely something that these guys love to use ahead of their competition. So, yeah, I mean, that I think explains it. Mobster, what do you think? What's your opinion on this? I have a couple of points here, which probably uh, for Ben are probably even more uh, true than perhaps other pro bodybuilders. For a start, Steve said right at the beginning of the podcast here that his body type was skinny. So he's probably with what we call ectomeso. And in, in pretty much in training, when in bodybuilding, that ectomeso is probably the best kind. Uh, endomeso, when you've got the bigger bone structure and you carry more uh, fat, is uh, much better for strength and for power. Although there are a handful, probably uh, the best example I would say with an endomeso would be Jay Cutler. Now, the response is arguable to certain steroids that you want to choose a steroid that's actually good for your body type. The thing I was thinking in that particular regards, so trend seems to suit everybody. In fact, I'd actually argue that if, you're, if, you, if you do tend towards higher body fat levels, trend might, you might struggle more with trend. Although, again, we're talking about genetic freaks here. So even if they was endomeso, even if they was the higher body fat, bigger frame type person, 
because they've got the other genetic advantages, they'll probably be okay. But in terms of the uh, listeners and in terms of the members of the forums, if that's your body type, then perhaps you're probably going to struggle more with trend than you would with other uh, drier drugs uh, and, and less harsh side effect type drugs. Uh, something else as well, which, we, which we've addressed with regards to Ben, and this is why I've been more specific, not in just his genetics, but the guy studies. He's gone out of his way. What, what, again, what sometimes we see on a forum is this wonderful word used, and it gets used on Google, gets used on Facebook, research. Guys, ladies, research is not asking a fucking question on a forum and then just doing that. It's actually reading the articles and understanding the androgenic anabolic ratios of drugs, etc. And I guarantee you that Ben studied this stuff that he sat down with someone else who knew their shit. They didn't have to be a champion bodybuilder, just someone who really knew their shit and learned what things did, 100%. So we, 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 I, I probably, dis, I actually agree, sorry, I was going to say disagree, but I agree with the cycle. And I think the reason why I agree with the cycle is it would, in my mind, it suits his body type. He would know ahead of time how long to run these drugs, I'm looking at the, the photograph that's come with the article and the cover pictures that he got on his own website, et cetera, suggests to me that when it comes to anabolics and performance enhancing drugs, with the possible exception, as Steve said already, and I'd like to see a picture of his dad to go with it, of the hair loss. He looks in pretty damn good condition now. This is not a guy that's abused his body terribly. He looks to me like he's holding 210, 220 pounds, looks healthy. The hair loss, if it's not genetic, if it's not in the family with male pattern baldness, may have been the one uh, issue that he's had with performance enhancing drugs. Everything else suggests to me that he would know his shit inside out, that the, where it came from, who was supplying it, what was the source, was it pharmaceutical, was it UGL, what it does, how long it just stays in the body. He, he would know this stuff off. It, 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 he, he doesn't discuss it like a lot of bodybuilders don't discuss it, but I guarantee you he's, he's probably a bit like Dorian Yates. He's got it written down in books. He's made notes. He's not just gone on a forum and asked a question and or copy and pasted a cycle off a, off a, off a, some, some other crappy website or even from, from the drug supplier. He's, listen, I, what works for me, what works for my body type, what works for what I'm going to do in competition, how long do I need to run this for? He's probably a brilliant prep coach. And he's made a, I, I, my gut feeling, he's made a proper, proper study of this stuff. It's, honestly, and I've said this on, on, the, on, on podcasts and I've said this on the forum, every single time that I go to run a cycle again, I refresh my memory as to what the drug does, how long the half-life is and all that kind of stuff. What, what, what am I training for? What's my aim? What's the best drug to get me to that place? Right, let's go off and check it out. Guys, come on. They brought, brought drugs and they don't know the dose. Well, what? So let's speak like going to the supermarket and buy a 14 pound bag of rice when you only want to make a teacup full. Come on, guys. Some of the supplements, how much? Some of the, it says it on the fucking bottle. But you can go online and learn this stuff. You don't even need to, the research is not ans, asking a question. That's part of it. But you should be reading the damn articles. You should be understanding this stuff. And even if the thing that you need to ask a question about is understanding what you've read, that's fine. But a lot of guys are not doing that, Steve. They're just asking the question because they're too damn lazy to read the article. They're too damn lazy to look up a steroid and find out what's the best way to run it. 
And then what, what's one of the ones that we see all the time? I guarantee Ben's not that kind of guy. How much? What's the most I can run? No, no, no. You're looking to, in, in Ben's case, as a top professional bodybuilder of his time, you're looking for the best results to make you look the best you can be on stage. This is not done by running well, how much, what's the most I can run, how much trend, what's the maximum amount of, no, he did not run the maximum amount of trend, he did not run the maximum amount of testosterone, he ran the exactly right amount of trend, the exactly right amount of testosterone, he did the optimal cycle to produce great results, not to make himself feel shitty, not to, you know, not to, well, if I have 100 grams of protein, 200 grams is better, he didn't use this drug, he wasn't used, I don't, Ben doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that was doing stupid stuff, just because, he wasn't running 3cc when 1cc worked, he strikes me as the kind of guy that would have learned this stuff inside out, to the point where he could probably teach it, that he knew exactly what happened, knew exactly where it came from, exactly what was going into his body, exactly the effect it was going to have, how long it needed to be in, when to stop taking it, everything. And we, we address this stuff on the forums. There are some great articles on steroids and Psalms on our forums. You guys need to sit down and read it. And again, if it's a question of, I can't understand why it says this, that's the question you should be asking. Because then not only have you got the education, the foundation of an education, we can explain that little part of it that you didn't know and get you there. But if you just come on and say, how much train can I run? You're kind of doing yourself a disservice. And I guarantee you, Ben was not that kind of guy. That's how he, with his genetics, how he got to be one of the top 20 in the world. That's what you should learn. If, if Ben is a professional bodybuilder, as was, and is a, a great coach, etc., as he is now, then you should be like that. You should be like Ben. Be, be professional in your approach. And that includes with PEDs. Learn. Be the kind of guy that I can come and ask questions from. When you know 100%, Steve. Yeah, I was going to jump in. Um, you know, you bring up a good point. I was talking about on the forums. There's a method to the madness of stacking. We've yeah. seen guys um, talk about stacking steroids on a list. They'll cycle. They'll put a, like seven, eight things that they're going to run at high, you know, moderate dosages, high dosages. And at the end of the day, it's like, what made you put this with this? What made you put that with that? And they no, they're like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just listening to what I read. You don't, it's, there's a method to it. If you can stack, do your stack. This is what I believe Ben, Ben did really well. He yeah. knew which steroids to run with this steroid, with that steroid. And at the end of the day, he ran less steroids than some of these other guys. And he got just as good a results because he knew how to run them instead of just on Halloween, the witch, she's got that big pot. She's just throwing stuff in or making a gumbo soup, just throwing whatever you want in there and mixing it up. And hey, then just throwing whatever. No, you gotta, if you can nail this down properly and do it the way Ben likely did it, we think he did it because he had that scientific knowledge. Yes. No, I can stack this with this, with this and get better results. At less dosages than if I stack this, 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 this all together at more dosages. I'm going to get just as good a result, if not better results, with way less side effects. He was smart. He was a smart guy. What do we see sometimes on the forum, Stephen? And, and I despair when I see this stuff. I found this bottle or my buddy's giving me a spare bottle of X. Can I throw it into my cycle? 
you wrote down and planned this cycle out to get this perfect result that you guys want your aim for. You're going to have more muscle, a, a, a bigger barbell curl, a stronger deadlift, whatever your aim of the cycle was. But your buddy's giving you a free bottle of X. Or, or I found a free bottle of, I found a bottle of X that I've half used in the bottom of my drawer. Shall I use it? No, guys, no. Don't just throw crap in unscientifically and hope for the best. If that was your approach, then you might as well take one steroid and just do shit loads of it. That's not, it's how planned with that. It's like throwing nuts and bolts under the bonnet of your car and hoping it becomes a better engine. I mean, come on. This is why I say with Ben, I suspect Ben's approach would have been purely scientific, properly researched, properly studied, sat down and worked out the anabolic androgenic ratios of drugs and the half-lives and all that kind of stuff perfectly. I guarantee it. And if he's ever sat down and does, I, mean, I think it was his, his advanced training course, $1,400, $1,500 there, Steve, if it includes this kind of advice, I would, my gut feeling is that it's going to be on point. It's not throwing stuff randomly in there because you found some in your stash in the garage or because your buddy gave you a free bottle. That What kind of stupidity, how, how random does that stuff kind of, it's like if you went out on a, on a Saturday night with your buddies, and someone, you've been drinking beer all night, and someone, I found a bottle of whiskey, guys. <laughs> you'd be wrecked. And yet that's sometimes your approach to performance and hunts of drugs. And it shouldn't be. It should be planned from start to finish. And not only that, that kind of approach to stories of performance hunts and drugs, you'll know what worked. If you didn't include X, X could be any particular drugs. If you did not include X and you had great results, then the drugs that you did plan worked. If you did this great plan cycle and then threw something randomly in there and got the same results as you would have without the random, what worked? What 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 part of your approach worked? Was it just randomly throwing stuff in there, or how 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 did you know? Was it your nutrition? It was so, plan these stuff, guys. Do it properly so you know what works and what doesn't work. And as I said, I think with regards to the body type stuff earlier on. I guarantee it was Ben with his kinesiology. We'd be right up there with that particular stuff. Knowing what drugs work for his body type, knowing what drugs work for his uh, genetics, knowing the ins and outs, the science of this properly means not only has he done this great job with his own physique, that he could probably do the same thing with you guys when it comes to coaching. And again, this is the stuff that we try to teach you on the forums. We say blood tests. How many times has Steve, and I'll let Steve cover this, but how many times, Steve, have we talked about getting the guys to do their blood tests so they can see exactly where their estrogen is, exactly what their testosterone levels are, and they can do that. They can actually compare that if everything else is the same with a previous cycle. If they've got bloods from a previous cycle when they were using this amount and they've got bloods with this cycle, then 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 they can't argue that this this cycle's better or this cycle's worse. Steve, you're you're always we would talk about blood tests all the time. Yeah, you really you're shooting in the dark if you don't get blood work done. Blood work is very important before a cycle. And I have no doubt Ben, Ben Pokolsky, he, you know, he was anal about it. He wants yeah. to stay healthy. Um, he's got a lot to live for. The guy is so positive and so bright. It would absolutely be a horrible decision not to get blood work done. So in his case, and in your case, definitely everybody should be running blood work before cycle, after cycle, make sure it's good. I would say a guy like Ben, he's not one of those guys. And I interviewed, you know, a lot of guys on the podcast and some of them straight up said, you know, I want to be ignorant. I don't want to look at my blood work. I don't want to see it. I don't want to scare myself. 
But Ben's yeah. the type of guy, no, he wouldn't do that. Ben's the type of guy who'd be like, yeah, I'm going to get blood work done, even on cycle. I want to make sure that things look good. I want to make sure that I'm healthy and I'm not hurting myself. So, you know, Ben is a good guy to kind of follow on that. And I didn't get into blood work on the podcast. I interviewed with him, but I should have, because I think he could have gotten uh, some, some insights, but yeah. Um, before cycle, during cycle, after cycle, blood work is very important. If you, if you guys hit, you check out me out on the forums, guys, Steve SMI, my signature. I always have a link on how to get blood work done. You can also hit me up for consultations anytime and I'll help you set up your cycle. I'll help you with diet, with nutrition. So, you know, all that's very, very important. But Ben's a really good, I think he's a really good guy. Uh, guy and I think you should check Love. out his, uh, yeah. check out his social media. He's got a lot of good insights and yep. information there for you guys to learn but yeah steroids for sure guys if you're going to mess with steroids you want to you want to run blood work for sure so anything else you want to add master before we finish up i agree yeah, follow, follow, from everything we've done for research in this podcast it's come across as a very intelligent well-informed uh, well-researched person definitely worth following for informative tips uh and if the, again, as always, with the approach that we believe Ben's taken, we think you should take. So whether that's fresh food, nutrition, food, supplements, training, and specifically steroids, know your stuff, learn your stuff, ask the right questions on a forum and we'll help you out, and read the damn articles because the information is out there. And, and we want you, as we've said this before, we say it again, we want you to be the best bodybuilders, the best strength athletes you could possibly be. We want you to be healthy. We want you to be strong. And Ben looks healthy and strong. He didn't have a long career. But he's made, he's made, I forget, he's probably made more money with the coaching and this approach afterwards than he did during his actual bodybuilding career. So there's, there's something for you guys to learn as well. Passing out this information as we do on the forums is making, Ben's getting some serious, serious cash. There you go, guys. Not you pass on your knowledge after you finish your bodybuilding or even during, make you a much better coach, much better personal trainer and able to do, as Steve says, and by all means, give, give Steve a shout, one-to-one -one consoles based on our knowledge and our experience. Benefit from it, guys. Pay attention. This is all good advice, and that's what it's there for. That's what this podcast are all about. All right, so, Mobster, you want to give a uh, tip on um, a little little hint at who <laughs> our next guy is going to be next week? I've paid attention this time, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> The next person is the real deal, Steve. Wink, wink. All right. So the real deal, guys. We're going to do the real deal next week. Keep an eye. If you don't know who that is, don't cheat. Don't Google it. Just wait. <laughs> it comes out. It'll be a, a surprise for you guys. For Steve Smith and the Mobster, this has been hardcore. And Ben Bukowski, really, really good. The Pac-Man. The Pac-Man. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk to you guys next week. Enjoy, yes, guys. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other right now. Yes. All right. Make sure, make sure your loved ones and your community is taken care of. It's our responsibility as Indeed. the strongest guys in our community to take care yeah. of the community. Now's the time to give blood. Go give blood, guys. Help people out, especially in the holiday season. Take care, Mobster. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye.